the biggest benefit I think for us was just alignment, right? Like making sure that we're all on the same page. We all have the same understanding of the problem and we're all working towards the same goal and basically how how can we approach this together as a team. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name's Charlie. And my name is Femke. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about design sprints. And we decided we'd talk about this topic because we've seen a little bit of buzz online about it. You may have heard about Google Ventures design sprints. That's been a bit of a popular topic in the sort of product UX design community for the last couple of years. And being a product designer myself, I have run a couple of mini design sprints at work and I've read the design sprints book by Google. So I'm a little bit familiar with the concept. And so we thought we'd discuss it today on the show and talk about, I guess, how I run design sprints and what design sprints are useful for and how you could maybe bring them into your workplace. Does that sound good, Charlie? That sounds great because um, I will admit at the top of the show that I have never been part of a design sprint. So <laughs> That's good. We can hear like your perspective too. Yes, I will have lots of questions for you. Awesome. <laughs> How has your week been though, Fem? Um, you survived your, your yes. tramp that you, I think you mentioned on, on the last episode. Yes, I went for a multi-day hike in Tongarero National Park, which is this big, beautiful park in the North Island of New Zealand. And we walked basically around Mount Narahoe, which if you've seen Lord of the Rings, it's the volcano or mountain that represents Mount Doom. So it's like this perfectly coned volcano. And we walked around it, took us three days and we survived. It was really fun. And also like actually really refreshing to be forced to be offline for like three days. I'm not often in a situation except for maybe when I'm flying that I like literally can't access the internet even if I wanted to. So this is really nice to have three full days of just not worrying and not caring at all about what was going on online. So that was super refreshing. That does sound refreshing. I feel like, yeah, I'm the same. It's very rare for me to to go more than, you know, however long a flight is without having access to the internet. So yeah, that sounds like a good digital detox as well as like a good time in nature. Yes, it was really, really nice. And while I was on the hike, actually, Ran Siegel, who runs Flux, the YouTube design channel, uh, released a video that I did with him about how to get a product design job, which was really, really fun to record with him. And I guess because of that video, a lot of people went to my channel and I was surprised when I came out of the hike to learn that I had gained a thousand subscribers, which is <gasps> crazy for me. Fam, that's so exciting. I know. Yes. Only like six weeks in. <laughs> that's amazing, Fem. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. So cool. So well deserved. Um, I saw that video pop up on my feed. Have to admit, have not watched it yet. <laughs> okay. But I, I love that you did a collab with Ryan because he's a great guy. How about we put a link to that in the show notes? Yes. Let's put a link to it. You can watch it. And I'll also put a link to my YouTube channel in case you haven't subscribed Do it, and girl. want to. Um, yeah, that was really cool because I think in the first episode of this year, I said my goal was to reach 2000 by the end of the year. And I told you that would be ridiculously easy. So we'll see. And I'm not going to say I told you so, but... <laughs> well, I haven't reached the 2000 yet, so there's still a bit to go. Right. But... Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, I had a really good week. How was yours? 
Mine was not as good as yours. I had a very busy, stressful week, I would say. It was good in different ways, I suppose. I had a very youtube week as well in that my series with Webflow was going out. I think I mentioned that in the last episode. Um, it was about Webflow e-commerce, which just launched today as we're recording this live to the public. But my series was going out all of last week, uh, step by step, as I built out my online store. And it was really well received. I was really worried about posting six videos in a row, you know, one video each day. I thought people might get a bit sick of it, but they've all had, you know, um, over a thousand views and people have kept up and they were joining in on the live chats when the videos were going live. So that was really exciting and promising to see. It made me really want to do more series type content like that, like maybe move away from the weekly thing and think more in terms of like a focused series each month. I don't know, just an idea. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I often get people asking me to do little mini series as well, videos. I'm sure you probably get those requests as well. I I, th- I feel like people probably enjoy like s- lots of small bite-sized content that I guess all kind of links together. I, I don't know. Interesting. Something to experiment with. Yeah. These videos are certainly not bite-sized because some of them are like, you know, over 20 minutes That's long true. as That's I'm true. building out pages. <laughs> But yeah, people still enjoyed being able to see the process more in depth. And I've been definitely getting a lot more requests for that. So for sure, something I'm thinking about, but I'll leave a link to that playlist in the in the show notes if anyone wants to go and check out that series. Yes. And then also last week I had VidCon, VidCon London, where I was moderating a panel. So that was really fun. It was about doing YouTube part-time. It was filled with other people on the panel who also have like either a full-time job or another like working for themselves. Their other thing is the main thing. Like one guy did stand up, one girl is a musician. So she's like got a record contract and, and stuff like that. Oh. So yeah, it was, a, it was a great panel. It was, it was lots of fun. Uh, but now, I don't know. I, I think I just feel in general still stressed about uh, life and all the things I ignored while I was away. So I'm still, still getting through that. Yeah, that's going to be me next week once I get home because, yeah, for those listening, I'm still in New Zealand right now. So once I get home next week, I'm sure that I'll have that experience as well where it all kind of hits me like, oh, yeah, all that stuff I was ignoring or putting off while I was having fun in the sun is now right there on my to-do list. But, hey, I guess that's how it goes when you take some time off. And I think that, I don't know, we're busy people and stuff always will fill our time available, you know? So I think that even though I'm feeling super stressed at the moment, I'm so glad to have had that time of like, you know, a slower paced life for a while. It was a nice little break for me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, should we get into today's topic about design sprints? You mentioned Google Ventures, but I'll say that the main thing that I've been seeing about design sprints lately is AJ and Smart. Oh, they're like a company that teaches about design sprints and also have a YouTube channel Mm -hmm. with that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's what I've been seeing. And um, the team actually asked me, they've asked me several times if I want to go over to Berlin and do like their design sprint course with them, which is very kind of them to offer. But I just like I'm a team, a design team of one. And so it's just not something I see myself using in my current job. But I am keen to learn about it from you in this episode today, fam. <laughs> well, before maybe I explain what they are, what is your knowledge or understanding of a design sprint? <laughs> oh, I like this. It's like a test. Okay. <laughs> so the way I see a design sprint and what I know about it is it's where a designer, like product people, like a group of people who are involved with making 
like designing a new feature or a new website or something like that we'll get together in a room there'll be a lot of writing up ideas on sticky notes and putting (laughs) them on boards and they'll be like rearranging those notes and then you'll sort of go through a design process all together in a truncated amount of time like over a few days or maybe it's a week I can't remember exactly how long they run it for but yeah that you'll move quickly through the design process as a group rather than everyone working by themselves if that makes sense Mm -hmm. how did I do Pretty good, actually. Okay. I think, like, there's no real definition of what a design sprint is, but you basically got the overall idea or concept, which is to gather all the people together in in one place. And I know that some people have run these remotely. I haven't had that experience. I've only done it in a physical setting, so actually bringing everyone into a room, which I think is most effective for this kind of activity. And basically the people that you want to bring together are all of the sort of stakeholders in a project. So for me as a product designer, usually that is myself, a user researcher, the product manager, obviously, uh, usually the, the engineering lead. And that's sort of the main core people you want to have. Oh, sometimes we might also include a data scientist if relevant. So you basically have people that sort of represent different parts of the process, the the product process. And, you know, it might take three days, it might take five days. It's kind of up to you to define depending on how much time you have. But the goal is really to work together and sort of ideating, understanding, defining what you want to build and then doing a bit of sketching and making a couple of decisions and, and some prototypes to kind of do some quick tests so that at the end of the whole sprint, you kind of have an idea of what you want to build and you're kind of all on the same page. And then from there, that's kind of when the real sort of, you know, afterwards, after the sprint, that's then when the real sort of design process actually starts because now you have a vision and you're all sort of together on the same page. Okay, so the uh, the goal of a design sprint, or as you've experienced it anyway, isn't to have a finished product at the end. It's more as in like the discovery phase to get everyone aligned on um, like the tests and, and, and what the direction is. Yeah, in my experience, I mean, who knows, maybe you run a design sprint that is so successful that by the end of the last day you have a finished product. That would be amazing. But typically it's more about, you know, understanding what you want to build, defining that, and then getting some ideas together and testing it to see what kind of sticks and what doesn't. And in my experience, it's very unlikely that at the end of it, you'll have like actually built something. Like usually engineering is not, you know, building the, the final thing. They might help and assist with a bit of prototyping and checking, you know, what, what can we build and what's feasible, but you don't really end up with a final product. That makes sense. Yeah. So now I'm thinking that maybe my reason that I like don't do design sprints isn't because I'm a design team of one, because in your example, you're the only designer in the room, right? Exactly. But maybe it's because I work in marketing and not on product and features that it hasn't like found itself to be necessary in my job. Yeah. And in my experience, like I don't do a design sprint for every project. So it's only if necessary. And in my experience, the, the times when we do do a design sprint is usually when we have to involve people, like the people who are stakeholders or involved in the project are either A, like in other offices. So maybe I'm working with someone in San Francisco, for example. And so we'll all come together to kind of kick off the project and run a mini sprint and kind of figure out what we're going to build. 
or B, maybe it's a really huge project. You know, maybe we're having trouble figuring out where to start or how to start or, you know, how do we begin to tackle this giant thing? Uh, That's also when I think a design sprint can be really useful because it kind of gives you a guideline to how to sort of kick off a project. Otherwise, it can be really hard to figure out where to start. So those are kind of the two times that I have been involved with a design sprint. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary to do for every project, but if you find yourself in a situation that maybe you're struggling to kick something off or want to sort of get everyone in a room to generate ideas and work together in terms of scoping and defining what you're going to build, then maybe that's that's a good reason to run a design sprint. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I like hearing your reasons for where like when and where you would do them and that it's not for every project because already I'm starting to think of possible use cases for this within our marketing team like design sprints to figure out our onboarding for example or the flow of someone going from like first seeing our marketing materials to creating an account those sorts of things could be candidates for for a design sprint I suppose totally I mean the Google Ventures one is really popular well I'll definitely leave a link to it there's a whole book called Sprint, How to Solve Big Problems and Test New Ideas in Just Five Days, which is, yeah, a really catchy title. And by the way, the book cover was designed by Jessica Heesh, who we love, and it's amazing. Now I want to go look at it just because of that. Exactly. Now you need to Google (laughs) the book to see it. Uh, It's very nicely designed. So yes, this is a good starting place. So this is where I sort of began to, to learn and teach myself a bit about what Sprints was. I bought this book and read it cover to cover, and it gives you a nice kind of tactical look into how to run a design sprint, including giving you a ton of resources like worksheets, uh, checklists, things like that, and also sort of breaking things down into days. So on Monday, do this, this, this. Tuesday, you're going to focus on ideation, and here are the different things you're going to do. So it's kind of like a guidebook, and I really do recommend that if you are just starting out or wanting to learn more about what sprints are. It's a really, really great book and a great resource. Cool. Tell us about how you run your sprint then. I I mean, without repeating the whole book, I suppose, but is there a rough overview you can give of, yeah, how, how you've approached the ones you've run? Yeah. So the one that I ran most recently was with a couple of people from San Francisco. So they came over to Amsterdam. Uh, It was me, the designer, product manager and user researcher. We're just a small team right now. We're basically creating like an MVP. So we're not 100% convinced that what what we're working on right now is going to actually be launched and rolled out. So we're just doing sort of a small mini internal project and so we all got together for a week and I structured the the week into the sprint and day one was about understanding the context so we had a bit of a kickoff uh, you know here's the project here's what we want to work on and then we talked uh, or we had a, a bit of a session on context setting so that was mostly uh, the product manager talking about the problem space you know what they want to what they want to build, why this is important, things like that. And then we had a session on hearing from the experts is what I call it. So essentially I asked other people to come in for an hour and talk about their domain as it relates to the problem that we're trying to solve. 
So I don't know, how can I think of a random example? Like, you know, if you want to design a new ice cream flavor, then you probably want to know about ice cream cones or something, for example. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's like bringing people in who do something unrelated or well it is related but it's not the same thing but kind of ties into what we want to build so that's sort of hearing from the experts so what can we learn from them to bring into our product that we're building essentially this is still day one by the way uh then oh my gosh I was just gonna ask is this Tuesday no this is still day one so understanding the context so then we have uh we had a session on goals and questions what are the goals we want to set what are the outstanding questions we have um, and that was kind of day one understanding the context then the second day was about exploring ideas so this is all about sort of you know ideation and trying to sort of define potentially what we want to focus on is this when the post-it notes come out this is when the post-it notes come out your favorite oh, thing yeah. <laughs> so then we worked on defining user segments so to me like this is this is a, an important part of the design process in general that I feel like is often overlooked. Like people sort of go, or what I often see is people go from, you know, here's the the problem statement or or the 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 thing we want to do, and then sort of jump straight into sketching and ideation. But there's kind of the step in between of like, well, who are you actually making this for? And you kind of need to understand that context as well, right? So we have a session on defining user segments and then we also have a big sort of whiteboarding session on creating a user journey map where we kind of walk through the whole journey of what this person is doing. And then from there we do some sort of sketching exercises including things like Crazy Eights, which I think we've talked about on the show before. Yeah, that sounds like um, my wireframing technique. Yeah, you basically have a piece of paper and you fold it up into a grid and set yourself a timer if you want and just do some, you know, really rough sketches. So we have a few of those kind of drawing exercises. I have a little timer that I put on and things like that. Then we share our ideas and then we critique and vote on each other's ideas at the end of day two. So you get pretty far on day two then. Yeah. If you're already into drawing. Yeah. So this was a very compact sprint because <laughs> we had limited time so day two we really wanted to focus on getting the ideas out drawing them discussing them voting critiquing you know to kind of get a sense of like you know day one is about understanding what we're trying to solve and then day two was about okay what could this look like and who are we making this for kind of thing we had sort of the last three days were sort of focused for us on prototyping and preparing for research. So for this sprint, the following week, I believe there was a research trip happening. So we sort of gave ourselves these these last three days of the week to prepare for the research, you know, figure out the research plan, make some prototypes, run them past engineering a little bit so that when the time came for next week, we were all ready to go. So we sort of spent, or I spent mostly with the research of the last three days, like writing the interview guide and what questions do we want to ask and who are the kind of people we want to interview and, and what do we want to show them? Do we want to do any exercises with them? What prototypes do we want to put in front of them? What's the context we want to set? So we kind of spent those last three days together figuring that stuff out. And yeah, that was that was like a really blast high level look at this mini sprint that I did which going back to the Google Ventures one that I mentioned it, you can see it was a little bit different 
Yeah, a little bit, but it sounds like the goal is still the same, right? To get to a, a point at the end in a like truncated time period. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. And I guess what would have happened, do you think, to this project if you hadn't run a design sprint and you'd just like gone about your usual work, I suppose, however you normally work? Mm, that's a really good question. I think eventually we would have got to the same place right? But I think it would have taken a lot more emails, (laughs) a lot more meetings, and then a lot more sort of going back and forth and and dealing with, especially in this case, because the people I was working with was in San Francisco, you have to deal with the time zone thing. And, you know, things sort of, I think, just moved along a little bit slower. And also, especially when it comes to ideation and sketching, I don't think the product manager and the researcher would have been involved in that if we didn't do this all together in a room. It probably would have just been me, myself as the designer doing it, which is, you know, what we often do. So I think that's kind of the major big differences. And I mean, the the biggest benefit I think for us was just alignment, right? Like making sure that we're all on the same page, we all have the same understanding of the problem and we're all working towards the same goal and basically how how can we approach this together as a team that makes sense yeah it sounds super valuable and i'm i'm seriously sitting here thinking about ways that i could come up with a, a project that we could use this with for within my marketing team because i like how you talked about the fact that it got the product manager and the researcher sketching whereas normally that's just you because yeah normally it's just me sketching on our team of course because it's my job but it's not anyone else's job sort of thing but it does help to get more ideas out there. So I like the sound of that. Yeah. And that applies throughout the whole sprint too. Like all the different exercises, like you're all doing it together as a team. Um, There's not very much siloed work happening. So because of that, you really get to sort of utilize everyone's brain power and everyone's ideas, even though, of course, like sketching is probably my main responsibility as a designer but it's nice to kind of collaborate and bring other perspectives and other ideas in and you know you don't have to be a good drawer like my product manager was you know not drawing beautiful designs but that's not the point right the point is about collecting the ideas and getting a sense of you know what the different possibilities are in terms of what we could create yeah totally And I'm sure that there's a way to apply this to marketing design. I haven't seen any examples, but I'm sure that it can be done. Just like with design systems. Right, (laughs) exactly. So there's an opportunity there. I'm going to have to be the one to create this example. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking that it sounds to me like running a design sprint, and this might sound ironic considering it's about saving time, but it sounds like a luxury to even have the time to take five days worth of people's time to focus on one problem to me and the pace that we move at at ConvertKit and everywhere I've worked, to be honest. Um, this just doesn't sound like something we would have taken the time to do. And I, I, again, I'm kind of thinking like maybe it's because the kinds of problems that you're working on at Uber are worth like, you know, millions of dollars right. compared to the ones that I'm working on. Yeah. Which are much smaller scale. Yeah, my focus is, it's more split. That's a good way to put it. So I, while I do usually have like one main project on at a time, there's also always like 
at least five smaller projects that I'm on at the time. Whereas for you, it's more like, it's very okay, focused. this is my one feature I'm working on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And I think also for us, there is potentially smaller margin for error, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, when we roll something out, it's getting rolled out to millions of people. And so if we make a mistake or a bad decision, there can be really big repercussions, right? And it can be really costly to to change or to roll something back. So for us, it's worth putting in the time and the money up front to make sure that what we're building is the right thing. Because if it's not, then, you know, that could be really expensive to fix later. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. And yeah, I, I feel like with design systems, I did feel, and with design sprints, actually, to be honest, I feel like, oh, you know, I'm not doing this. Am I a real designer if I'm if I'm not doing this? I think from hearing more about design sprints, it's not going to be as useful across the board as a design system is. Like, I think there's going to be specific use cases. Like you said, you don't even use it all the time in your job, design sprints for every single project. I think there'll be less use cases for it. So if you just person listening, if you're sitting here thinking, oh my God, this seems like a lot of work and I don't know how to do this. If, if it doesn't sound like it's going to be something that fits in with what you do, then I think that's okay, right? Like this is just another tool in our toolbox to get things done. Totally. And to, yeah, get projects working properly. What advice would you have though, Femme, if someone is listening to this and thinking, actually, you know what? This sounds like something that could be really useful for me in my job like at uber i guess you didn't have the problem of um like convincing people to do a design sprint or did you i don't know uh no it's often actually like requested as opposed to me suggesting if that makes sense there we go but i guess my advice would be to read the book the google ventures book because i think that's a really good starting place and then you know, if, if you see an opportunity to, to use it in your company, the next step I think would be to you know, propose it and also just pick and choose what you think is going to be useful and valuable for you. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff basically that's recommended in a sprint, you know, things like doing usability studies and cognitive walkthroughs and stakeholder reviews. And there's like a hundred different things that are recommended to include in your sprint, lots of different little exercises and tools and techniques. And, you know, I just want to stress, like, don't feel like you need to follow the book and do everything and all of it. It doesn't have to be this big five day thing your design sprint could be one day you know like just pick and choose what you think are the valuable exercises to do and get the most important people in the room and you've got a design sprint already so that would kind of be my advice is to read the book and then if you want to go ahead and give it a go just pick and choose what you think is going to be most valuable for you I love that advice because I feel like there is often a sense where it, with these things where it's like all or nothing either you do it properly or there's no point in doing it at all so it sounds like for this one and I wouldn't have known this if you hadn't said it that there's many different ways to do it and you can kind of develop it yourself totally with as much or as little as you want I think I'm going to read the book and just learn what these exercises are because even if it's not something that I'm doing in a room with people it sounds like it could be valuable just to have in my knowledge as a designer to work through by myself even absolutely yeah, like there's, I've even learned things from that book 
that I use just in regular design critiques. Cool. You know, there's there's one thing that they uh, share a lot about, which is voting on ideas and how how you can vote. And I use that pretty regularly if I'm having design critiques or design reviews with my designers and want feedback or want to get a general sense of what people are liking or not liking, then I use this voting technique, uh, which is really, really helpful. And it's all about silent voting. So nobody's allowed to talk or ask questions. Uh, and you get, you know, so many stickies and, you know, you put stickies on your top things you like and your bottom things you don't like. So yeah, there's there's little techniques like that in the book that I think are really sort of hidden gems that you can pull out and use just in your regular design process. You know, you don't have to run a whole sprint just to do that. So I think there's a lot of value in that as well. Cool. Awesome. Thank you for all this advice you've shared, Fem. This has been a good like learning episode for me, for sure. <laughs> Oh, no problem. And I am not an expert in this, right? Like I've only done a couple of design sprints and read the book, but yeah, hopefully having been involved in a couple, this sort of is a good introduction or kickoff for people who have been thinking about integrating design sprints into their process or, you know, wanting to get a bit more of an understanding of what they're useful for. So I hope this helps. Yeah, I'm sure it will. And even just if people are, you know, starting a job anytime soon at a tech company that deals with with big problems, they can now feel like they know what to expect if they're asked to be involved in one, which I think is great. Uh, any last words or are we kind of at the end of end of design sprint stuff for now? Um, well, I'll link to some resources in the show notes. Uh, so great. yes, if you're looking for a next step, then go and check those out. Do some light reading. Sounds good. And I think um, I'll search on Rand's channel because I can't remember an exact video title or anything, but I know I've seen him vlog about running design sprints with clients before oh interesting. so that might be interesting for anyone who is like a freelancer or a contractor to, to look at that perspective yes yes for sure so fam where can people go to find more episodes of this podcast you can go to designlife.fm and that's our website where you'll find all of our episodes. You can also open your favorite podcasting app, including Spotify, because we are on Spotify, which is super cool. And you can search for Design Life there and find all of our shows. Yeah, we'd also really appreciate it if you are enjoying the show. So just head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Hit those five stars if, if you think it were worth it, which we hope you do. And Tell us what you like about it because it helps us reach new people and um, we love reaching new people. People send through some really great ideas for show topics, which is where a lot of these episodes come from. I mean, what episode are we at now? 151? Something like that? Yep. We we couldn't have thought of all of those episode topics by ourselves. <laughs> so we really appreciate when you do reach out and request episodes. So yeah, if there's anything you want to hear, reach out on Twitter. We're at DesignLifeFM or send us an email. What's our email? Is it hello at designlife.fm it is indeed sure that's correct yeah <laughs> good all right fam well i'll talk to you next time yeah see you next week bye bye bye